0: Ready Ready to cut through the BS? And here's some ways to drive your business forward today. Welcome Welcome. to Biz Sprints Podcast with your host, Michael McMillan. Check it out. Hey everybody, welcome to another day, another dollar, and another week of Biz Sprints. This is Michael McMillan, and thank you so much for coming back for another episode of Biz Sprints this week. We have an awesome, exciting topic to talk about. It's probably one of the topics I am uh, always... Energized to talk about something that I really, really get uh, pumped about going over with companies, which is your sales compensation program. Um, If you want to talk about the lifeblood of a business, really the, the heartbeat that is going to make your sales organization tick and really move and get going, you're talking about your comp plan. It is the single most important piece of the business to make sure you get right, keep right, and continue to iterate on in your business constantly to make make sure it's matching your goals of your organization to generate those revenues, you need to go. So this week, we're going to jump right into it and really just have a cool discussion about, you know, what does it take to generate a great compensation plan for your company? And then what does it take to make sure you're keeping that compensation up to date So your business can continue to scale and make sure that you're hitting the goals you need to from a revenue and profit perspective for both you as the organization's owner, as well as your sales team, making sure that their organizations are also being profitable and successful as well. Uh, Because that's one big thing that so many companies forget to fail to uh, realize is that all a salesperson is, is a miniature organization inside of your organization. and. If you can make sure you remember that, you can then start to understand that just like you, they're looking at a profit and loss, they're looking at an ROI, you know, return on investment. What is their time worth? What is how much are they being valued? What type of income do they have coming in? And this is the critical element to make sure we're paying attention when we start talking about building out that sales and compensation structure. So, this week had a cool, a uh, few cool articles I actually came across that I figured we talk about here. One of them, uh, one of the first ones I found here, was from this OpenView Labs, and, and I absolutely love this title by the way, which so is "Show Me the Money: <laughs> A Guide to Creating a Scalable Sales Compensation Plan" by Devin McDonald. Great article, um, really gets into the weeds here, uh, really fast, um, which is talking about, you know, what is the structures, what model is best, you know, how should we really put this thing together? Um, really, uh, it's a great read. Make sure you, uh, go to my website at bizprints.com underneath the blog and podcast section. You can find the link to this article and I would really strongly encourage you to take a look at this thing. Um. One of the pieces here that I got to admit that I didn't see in here that I I feel that is important to talk about, though, is when we're talking about structures and building this uh, compensation plan for our business, one of the things that really worries me with companies is so many times when I walk into organizations and I ask them, you know, so where did you get the idea for your compensation structure? The answer to that is, is, well, it's what every other uh, one of our competitors is running. So, we you know, we felt to be competitive in the marketplace to attract sales staff that we match their plan, which blows my mind. I mean, it's just like that is completely backwards from how you should be building your comp plan. A comp plan needs to be as unique as your business. You know, we're in, we're in business to be unique. We're in business to be different the differentiators between our organization and our competitor's organization is what makes us competitive, right? It's what, it's what allows for us to stand apart in the industry, even if we're selling the exact same thing, it's what allows us to be different. Our comp plan, if you just try to take it off the shelf, all you're trying to do then is just be like your competitor. That's the worst thing you can do. Great example of this. And the industry that I came out of uh, previously being in software was in the call center industry, in the, specifically the outsourcing call center industry. So in the outsourcing call center industry, pretty much every single company runs in the exact same plan which is you get a base, uh, base salary, uh, pretty decent base salary because it's long, uh, long-haul long sales, and then you get paid on a variable commission program, which is 3-2-1. So it's 3% in your first year, 2% in your uh, second year, and 1% on your third year of the revenues generated by the client, uh, your, your basically your client, your sale. Uh, it's, it's a common plan. It's a fair plan. It works because... Um, typically, you know, it's all reoccurring revenue. It's encouraging you to keep the client for three years. And I get it. The funny part of it though, right? Which is my issue with the program though, is, is what they don't talk about is that in the sale, in the, sorry, in the call center world, most clients actually scale and grow as they get into year two and three with your business. And what you're actually doing is, is you're almost penalizing your salesperson for sales to scale. But it's a relationship-based sale, and I need to be engaged with these people for the long haul so I can ensure I'm protecting my, my money. You know, it's protecting my revenue, um, which is completely backwards, right? It's always the, the odd thing that I always had in this industry. Um, the other thing you find very common in the call center industry as well is, is, is CAPS. Um, And and actually, it's funny in this article, they talk about this a lot um, uh, where they get into the seven compensation mistakes to avoid. And one of them they call out here is the putting caps inside of our commission programs. Why a company puts a cap inside of a commission is because they are just simply, my opinion, greedy. Um, You know, if a salesperson brought you in a deal and the deal gets enormous, why would you not want to compensate them for that? it it, may, it just makes no sense. If a deal is enormous, pay them for it. Pay, you know, pay the man, right? It's just give them the money that they just earned. Capping compensation plans is the fastest way to piss off your sales team and ensure that you're not going to be able to attract top talent. Because at the end of the day, a sales team want you know your sales team again are miniature organizations. They want to know that when they bet the house that there is the potential that they're going to be able to, you know, hit and win big. And that is the lifeblood of a sales team, right? I mean, they want that ability to know if I get a big deal for this company, you're gonna take care of me. And putting a cap in there is just spitting in their face. A really big, big uh, thing to really try to avoid. One of the other pieces they talk about here too is is that is about the whole idea of making it complicated. One of the industries that the organization I work for services is the network marketing MLM party plan uh, type of industry. They call uh, they go by direct sales. Um, these are think of this as like your Herbalife's, your Amway's, Mary Kay's, that type of organizational structure. Uh, so a lot of independent sales reps. So when you want to talk about complicated comp plans, um, I think they might take the cake. Um, so. It's it's extremely complicated, but it's actually one of the reasons I love servicing that industry because uh, I am a self admitted compensation nerd. I love comp plans. I read them. I study them. I you know I just devour these things because I truly believe that you know when you're talking about the one of the coolest elements of business, there's almost nothing cooler than comp plan because it takes into account so many pieces and elements of things inside and outside of the business. Because think about this for a second, and I'll get out of this rabbit hole I promise in a second here, which is in a comp plan, I am not only determining how I'm going to pay a person, I'm going to be choosing the specific behaviors that I am going to be looking to invoke inside of those people as well. And that's where, personally for me, this is where comp gets really exciting, because it's where we start to blend the whole idea of, yes, this is how I do pay a human being and this is how they're going to make their money, but I'm also going to be taking these criteria to start invoking specific behaviors that I need to have that person perform to ultimately be more successful. And that's where, for me, I get really excited about this and why I love comp plans so much. But coming back into this, which is, you know, talking about making it complicated, the reason things get complicated and the reason where we start seeing the complication come in is on that last topic, which I mentioned there, which is I'm trying to generate behavior. And when you're trying to generate certain behaviors out of human beings, it takes a certain um, subtleness that you need to be able to inject into the comp plan. Many times in many organizations, what you'll find though is, is that they try to take too big of approach with it. They try to do too much. And it just creates this enormously complex thing that no one actually under, ever understands how they actually can make their money. Because it's like, oh, hey, listen, okay, if you sell them, you make this much. Then if they grow, you make this much. But if they actually don't grow to this cap, you're going to actually get a deduction uh, for that specific amount we paid you up front. Because that's on uh, believed revenue that you should have been seeing, blah, 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 blah. I've seen this all. Um, if you get into B2C sales specifically, that's where the nightmare comes in typically, to be honest with you. Um, I don't know why. I mean, they're just like, oh, we're just going to basically screw you every way we can to make sure that we make as much revenue as we can and that you make as little as possible. Um, and I get it. Tight margins you know, require um, sometimes some hard decisions to be made on the sales compensation plan, but that's where you change the model then, right? That's when you change the way it works. Um, The other piece here is, which is I saw in this piece that I really thought was great, which is talking about not preparing for staffing changes um, and then also not reserving room in your budget for ad hoc spiffs. Let's talk about these independently, which is first and foremost, the not preparing for staffing changes. When we start talking about doing anything to the comp plan, um, it's important to note that you're going to potentially have fallout. Um, it's just it's just the reality of life. Salespeople believe, um, unfortunately, that anytime there's an adjustment made to their comp plan that they are getting screwed. Um, just understand that. Just be aware of that right now. I don't care how transparent you are. I don't care how many times you tell them. I don't care if they wrote it themselves. They still believe they're getting screwed. Um, and you could line site tell them they're making more money. They still believe they're getting screwed. So um, now with that being said, You need to be aware and prepared for staffing changes. So there's that side of it, which is you might see fallout. There's also another side of it that I don't think this article actually dived into enough, which is talking about sometimes the staffing changes need to be from your end as a business as well. And what I'm talking about there is is when we make changes or we actually write this comp plan for our business, is not all salespeople will fit into that mold that we need to run on this comp plan. Um, And again, it's important to remember when I'm talking about this is that, you know, a successful comp plan is a comp plan that's not, is built specifically for your business, for your business's goals, right? And the person who can run inside that comp plan is also someone who's specific to who's going to be able to meet and exceed your company's goals. And, you know, a great example of this, right, is, is that, a salesperson who comes from an environment or who who really has been great in an environment of transactional sales, think like your stock brokers or uh, just any high transactional, high paced, high volume sales environment, are probably not going to be that successful. Or maybe they might be, but they're, it's going to take them a long time to be comfortable in a long haul relationship type of sales environment where you're going from maybe making 10, 15 deals a week to maybe making four or five deals a year, right? Two massive ends of the spectrum, two totally different types of people, two totally different types of comp plans. And it's important to remember that salespeople, we're all, there's there's many shades of gray when you're talking about salespeople, and it's making sure you pick the exact shade of gray that you need for your business. And also, when you make those adjustments, looking back into your team and then asking yourself a question. Number one, does my existing sales staff all have what it takes to be successful underneath this new comp plan? If the answer is no on any one of them, then you need to ask the next level, which is, can I train that person then to be successful underneath my new comp plan or mentor them to get there as well? If that answer is then no, then the final piece then kind of just comes into decision years, easy enough, which is then I need to either promote them into their next career inside of my organization in a new department, or promote them into their next uh, new career inside of a new organization outside of my company. Either way. That hard decision needs to be made for the success of both you as a business and for the salesperson themselves. And ultimately, I will tell you, I've seen this case in point because I've had to make these staffing hard decisions myself. which is the salesperson will ultimately thank you for helping them with that. Because salespeople are the ultimate loyalist, um, great salespeople, I should say are, right? They have to be the head cheerleader. They have to believe a thousand percent that the company that they are representing is the best company on the face of the planet, because how else can they then transfer that moment of trust of if they don't believe a thousand percent, there's no way they can then get someone else to believe it and then ultimately buy from them what they're telling them about. It just won't happen. So when we're looking at that again, make sure you're always looking inward every time you're talking about changing around your compensation plan and then when we're getting into that as well, as which leads us really well into our next, the next article I found, which is, what do we do about building this team, right? Um, and this could be from the ground floor up, right? This could be from, all right, CEO, you're no longer the salesperson. You are now. We need to now bring in a sales staff. How do we build them? What are some? Uh, the article is actually titled, sorry, was building a sales team. Avoid these ten deadly mistakes. Uh, and this is an article by Dave Creppen from uh, Inc. Magazine. And the reason I really loved this article though was uh, a lot of because he actually takes this from an interview he did with uh, Mark Over, who is the Chief Revenue Officer at HubSpot. And some of the uh, pieces that Mark shared with him is some really cool stuff uh, because uh, for you guys who are not familiar with uh, Mark Robert, uh, Mark was actually able to help get sales acceleration taken it from zero to $100 million of revenue inside of HubSpot. An amazing success story. And I love what he shared in here. Uh, and I'm just going to go through a few of these points here. Number one though, that he put in here is hiring salespeople with your gut. Now, if you've been an avid listener, all three of you, (laughs) of my podcast, you will know, uh, remember, I actually talked about um, how to hire people inside your organization, especially your direct reports, and you'll probably remember I did mention at the end of the day, it comes down to gut, Um, and I still firmly believe that even though I read this article, Um, but he makes a bigger point here, which I do really want to make sure I emphasize on this piece, which is when we're talking about hiring salespeople, your gut is still important. But what's even more important is going into that hiring with a hiring criteria and plan in fact. Um, Similar to the example I just gave you, which is if I don't have specific criteria for the salesperson I want, I could potentially end up with that transactional salesperson when I need that long haul relationship person. Or I can end up with a relationship type sales guy who has no clue how to work in a high volume environment and where I need that high volume salesperson. So having those specific criteria and those specific needs of the uh, role is mission critical to have before we start going and hire a person. But again, I personally believe the ultimate decision, right? The final point that when we make that ultimate decision, your gut is still going to come into play because, you know, it, is, is this guy a tool or is this girl a tool or is they not, right? That's that's what I say, right? It's just I need to make sure I got a person who I can work with every day and is going to be ultimately successful inside of this organization. Um, the other piece which I loved here, they talked about as well as, is, um, you know, not planning far enough in advance, You know, one of the things that companies make the ultimate, ultimate mistake with when it comes to sales, both in their compensation plan and their staffing as well, is they do not prepare it for replication. Replication in sales is so critical when we're talking about the scale, because scale comes when you least expect it. Success comes when you least expect it. You could just be plowing around, maybe seeing little percentages of increase or maybe some loss, and then all of a sudden, one day, you take off. And when that happens, you need to ensure everything is ready for that day. Because when it happens, if anything, if there's any single bolt that has not been tightened and prepared for that day you're going to miss the ultimate long haul. What's going to happen is is you're going to end up plateauing out sooner than you're supposed to and see a dip down more than you would like to see. Because when you're seeing scale, you need to make sure you ride that wave all the way into the beach if you can. Otherwise, you're going to end up falling off too early and you're going to miss the ride of your life. So when we're talking about sales specifically with that, I'm going to bring up two big points here, which is number one, in the comp plan. I always tell my entrepreneurs this. When you're building the comp plan, you should never, ever, 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 ever (laughs) build that comp plan for only maybe the one, two, or three salespeople you have in your room right now or throughout the nation, whatever your, however your structure works. If you have done that, you have committed one of the ultimate mortal sins in sales because how are you ever going to be able to hire more salespeople? Because guess what? When sales jump up, and all of a sudden, your ability to sell is limited by the number of salespeople you have. You have just committed scale, scalability suicide, basically. And you're not going to be able to scale. Your comp plan must be ready to be able to serve, I usually say, 10x your current sales environment. If it can't service 10x, your sales structure is not correct and accurate for your business because it is not able to scale to the speed and pace that your company might need to uh, scale at. Number two, which is actually even most more critical, which is when he's talking about not planning far enough in advance, I want to be specific on what he's talking about here, which is the time it takes to bring a new salesperson online in your business. So many companies make the ultimate mistake in believing I will hire this person and he will start making sales in my company the day after I hire him. That is not the case. That is not how sales work. Sales is a progression. You need to first vet. You need to then hire. You need to then onboard and train and mentor and then get them into a pipeline that then takes time to mature. All seven of those items take time. Um, I actually love the example he gives here, which is it takes two months to hire a new salesperson, three months to wrap them up to full productivity, and a four month sales cycle to close a deal. This situation is not uncommon for any business, right? So, uh, undergoing all of those assumptions, they're lo- you're looking at nine months till you are really seeing the salesperson be productive. So, if you're not planning ahead and being able to kind of look in that crystal ball and understand what you have upcoming, you again, going to potentially miss that opportunity for scale and that is just the you're going to just end up kicking yourself if you do end up having to see that happen to happen um another thing when we're talking about this and we're talking about that whole planning and uh you know and getting ready for things is making sure that we're talking through our training programs um i'm not going to get too in depth on this podcast episode with sales training i'm going to go into that in crazy in-depth in the upcoming episode. I actually have one whole outline for that episode. Um, but it is important to denote when I'm talking about sales training, the big mistake I see in most organizations um, is that what they end up doing is they take their new guy and they throw him at their top performer and they say, hey, shadow Mary and just basically become Mary. I want you to be Mary as fast as humanly possible. That is the worst thing you could do to a new person. And In actuality, it's one of the worst things you can do to Mary as well because all you're going to do is just piss off Mary because Mary doesn't want to train or mentor that new person. She's trying to get her business to stay successful and generate money. A new person just slows her down, right? What you need to do is is you need to build out a training plan that allows for that person to find their sale, their ability to talk and breathe and eat and sleep and live your product to your new potential customers. And how you do that is is through many different means. Um, And again, for this podcast, I'm just going to say is the important piece here to denote is this, keep your salesperson in a real sales training. Don't just hope your top performers can make them great salespeople. It's never going to happen. What's just going to happen is, again, you're just going to slow down sales productivity from your top performer, and your new person is basically going to learn diddly squat. Get them into a sales training, help them find their own sales voice inside your organization, and really get them set up for great success. Another piece in here as well um, that I think it's important to mention as well is, is where they're talking about not experimenting enough. Um, sales is an ever-evolving thing in your business, right? Um And again, as I I might've shared, right, it's the, the organization I'm with now, right, we just literally got done rewriting our entire pricing and compensation structure for the sales team. And we did it because we had some progression in our company, right? We're always iterating our software and technology, and we just had a huge step forward in our organization and technology, which allowed us to massively decrease our cost of uh, bringing it to market. So, you know, how, the speed, I mean, actually, in which we can actually bring our software to market for our customers. And in doing so, We now needed to reflect that into our, how we sell our product. And that of course then changed how I commissioned my sales team, how I incentivize my sales team and the structure in which we sell our product at. And again, when we did this, I did it in collaboration with my team. This was never done in a bubble. That's the just, you know, ultimate, ultimate mistake you could ever do is when you're talking about compass specifically is don't ever build in a bubble. Because if you just go into a room with a whiteboard and draw this all up and then drop this on your sales team, you are going to have the biggest mass exodus of your life. Build it in collaboration with them. They are going to be the most open and sharing people you will ever imagine. I I mean, maybe just call it, maybe it's just all my time that I was in sales, but I've been told a number of times that I am probably the most open when it's talking about compensation inside organizations that I work with. And the reason I have this openness is because, you know, I found was when I didn't talk with my leaders about the comp plan and how it was, and you know, working, you know, for me, that they were making decisions on my behalf uh, because I just hadn't given them the input on how I, you know, I personally could see that they could improve it to help benefit me better. So, you know, that's when I really started getting much, much more open about the comp plan and how it affected me and just talking about my, you know, financially, how it impact, you know, my lifestyle. And I've really just taken that now ever since, you know, when I learned it for myself and just really start pushing my staff on having that conversation is when it comes to money, be open, be forthright, and just tell me the reality and how it is. If you're not feeling comfortable and talking about it amongst in front of your peers, fine. Let's talk about it one-on-one. Just understand that I'm gonna probably need to reference parts of this. I'll just make sure I don't bring you up by name. But again, getting back to the point here, which is by not by building in a bubble you're not taking in consideration your team and what they're seeing out in the wild and also their needs and wants as organizations inside of your organization. Because again, remember, like I said, which is all salespeople are are micro-organizations inside of a company. They have their own PL, They have their own revenue stream, right? This is, they're their own little businesses of your company. They're just your sales team. They're your sales organizations. That's why they call them sales organizations. Um, so, You know, when it comes to that comp plan, always, 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 always make sure you're building in collaboration with them. But then also to this point of not experimenting enough, right, compensation plans do not have to be static. You know, I... I can't even tell you how many times I've walked into organizations. I'm like, hey, you guys, when's the last time we reviewed the sales team uh, program here, or sales comp plan here? They're Like, oh, yeah, we looked at it uh, about three months ago, four months ago. I'm like, OK, cool. What revisions did you make to it? And just get blank stares. Right. People are like, what do you mean change the comp plan? I was always told don't dare change the comp plan. That's like, you know, holy scripture. You never touch that. It's <laughs> And it's like come on are you kidding me right now no yes i mean yes it's a you know be be very cognizant that it's a dangerous thing to open up the sales comp plan i, I am not saying that i do get that but if you're respectful especially to your sales team and you explain to them what you're doing and what your goals and are on doing and opening this thing up they'll understand it and they're gonna respect it and they'll many times if you work with them in collaboration on improving it They're going to love you for it. But just leaving the thing static because you're scared of your sales team, very, very, very bad decision. You need to make sure that you're taking things and trying things out, seeing how you can improve this, seeing how you can, you know, maybe increase, you know, different velocities inside of your funnel. How can you get more out? How can you get more productive sales team? How can you get higher revenue sales coming out of these things and continue to iterate it and constantly work to improve it? And if you get that type of culture inside your sales team, they'll be ready for it. If, uh, for instance, one of the examples is, you know, with my organization, we review this thing every quarter. Every three months, I'm real. I'm doing a deep dive in it. Every day, I'm actually evaluating it. But every three months, I'm doing a deep dive into that comp plan, and I'm asking my question, did I build it right? Is there something wrong with this thing? Is anyone getting screwed by this comp plan? That's, that's the real question I'm asking, because a good comp plan and a good sales team should always be aligned with my business goals, right? One of the things, again, which we see so many times is, is that um, these comp plans are just built because, oh, it's what everyone else does. And it's not being built on, hey, I need every sale to hit a certain dollar mark before I start seeing real profit in this sale. Okay, so then I should tie the comp plan to that specific type of uh, you know behavior that I need my sales team driving those type of accounts to me. Otherwise, all I'm doing is is maybe I'm just driving sales, right? I just want to do a market, you know, I'm driving a behavior of market share grab, but I needed that growth inside of each of my accounts, totally driving two different behaviors. And again, that's where we see that misalignment between the comp plan, the sales staff, and the ultimate goals of the company. And all three of those should always be aligned. Um, One of the other things I saw in this article too, which, you know, is definitely worth talking about here is... They were bringing up the idea of buying technology for management rather than the frontline salespeople. And this is another thing that, you know, we see, we definitely see a big trend on um, nowadays. Uh, we see this with CRMs like Salesforce, Sugar, um, you know, any of these. I mean, there's there's thousands of them nowadays. Um, but companies making massive, massive, massive investments into these technology solutions rather than making the investments into their sales team, because they believe that the technology will ultimately make their sales teams more effective. And let me be the first to tell you that that is the complete inaccuracy. Um, I have personally done the massive investments into technology to hope, in the hope of seeing great results from my sales team. And don't get me wrong, I've seen Uh, incremental improvements, you know, typically maybe about a point or two here and there. Um, And and they're valid, you know, depending on your company model, that that point or two could be worth billions of dollars. And I get it, then by all means, go for it. Um, But if you really want to see the big numbers, when you're talking, you want to see, you know, double digit percentages of increase in your sales team's productivity and results. The ultimate solution still to this day is the old school solution. Get your butt out of your chair, and get in the field with your sales team. That is where you're going to see your results. It's because it's sales, at the end of the day, is still belly to belly, right? It's getting out there, getting with people, building those relationships, building that trust, transferring that trust to that person to where they'll buy from you for now until forever, and really be willing to be able to refer you to others. That's sales that's what you're trying to build. And that's what you're trying to build this compensation plan to insinuate you know, and really drive. Because I don't care if you're B2B or B2C, doesn't matter to me. You need a plan that is gonna make sure you're driving the behaviors you need to drive. So guys, this week, I want you to really make sure you're paying attention to and taking a look at when's the last time you evaluated that comp plan for your sales team? When's the last time you asked the simple question of who is losing on this comp plan? And if there is a person who's losing, fix it, and fix it right away. When's the last time you talked to your sales team and had a real open dialogue with them about how they really feel about this comp plan? And if you had spent a long time, get them on the phone. Don't wait. Right now, today, get a conference call set up. Make it an hour-long conference call. Get them on the horn and ask one question. What do you all think about this comp plan? How do you guys feel about it, how it's working? And then stop talking and listen. Salespeople love to talk. Look at me. I just talked to you guys for almost a half hour. We love to talk, right? It's all good. They will, trust me, they will come around. If they don't talk at first because they might be shy or you know worried that you're they're going to lose their job by talking or you're going to screw up their comp plan, just tell them, guys, this is an open dialogue. We're not changing anything. We want your honest feedback of what you think and really listen and don't, the big thing here is don't defend. Do not defend. Don't do that. <laughs> just just listen and learn. Learn from what they're trying to tell you and teach you. And then take it back to them and see what you can do about making improvements. And then finally, if you have made some changes to your comp plan or if you've made some changes into your pricing structures, whichever your business. The last piece here is just to really make sure that you've also done an evaluation of your staff as well. You know, when you made those changes, you want to make sure that you're also evaluating the product, you know, the abilities of your team. And then asking those questions, like I said, do you have the ability to train or mentor them into being successful into this new comp plan or pricing strategy of my business? If the answer is no, then asking the hard question is is it time to then promote this person to the next career of their business, either with inside my company or some other exterior company? Which is a nice way of saying I'm letting them go, just so you know. (laughs) Or I'm changing departments in which they're in. Just be real and really start to look at is my team ready for this? Final, last little thing here, guys, is is looking at that comp plan and asking yourself this uh, question I mentioned early on in this episode, which is can this comp plan work at 10x my current sales staff? So if I have 10 people, can it work at 100? If I have two people, can it work at 20? And if the answer is no, Get someone in as soon as humanly possible to do a full evaluation and rewrite of that comp plan. Because I'm telling you, if you guys get ready, if you guys start seeing success and scale, you're not going to keep up And you're going to end up plateauing too early and then end up retracting more than you'd like to see. So thank you again, everyone, for taking the time to listen to this episode. I look forward to seeing you in future weeks. And in the meantime, please feel free to visit my website over at bizsprints.com. If you look under the blog and podcast section, you'll see an area in there where you can ask questions, leave comments, uh, and also give me some ideas and thoughts of you would love to hear from me on future episodes of upcoming. Uh, You know, I'm always looking for ideas that I can make sure I bring to you so we can make sure We keep these episodes fresh and relevant to exactly what you want. So, everyone, to your success and prosperity, my name is Michael McMillan. Look forward to talking to you soon. That will conclude this evening's entertainment. Yeah. Thank you for listening to Biz Sprints Podcast. Please make sure to subscribe on iTunes and visit us at bizsprints.com for more tips and tricks to drive your business forward. No doubt about it.